Welcome back to another episode of the Symphony Podcast, where we break down one important topic each week in under 30 minutes. Today's topic is all about reframing things that we've perceived differently in the past. So the power of reframing, if you will. And it's Matthew and I, we've got a few different perspectives and a few things that we're both going to talk about. So talk to me, Matthew, about something you've reframed in the past and how that's changed you today. All right. Well, um, we'll start with business, start in the business world, I suppose. Um, just because I think before I stepped into the entrepreneurial space, when I would think about the concept of starting a business or starting a company, it was always very, um, you know, like recreate the wheel, think of something completely new that doesn't exist right now, uh, whether it be technology or a product or, or something that's just profound and is just blowing everything else that's out there out of the water. And it's, so it felt very daunting. Um, and so, but, but I think when I jumped into it, when I started to learn a little bit more about it and meet more people who are doing different types of things and working for themselves, I started to realize that uh, starting your own business or starting your own company is not always about recreating the wheel. Sometimes it's just about simplifying a process or smoothing a process or making something easier on somebody or helping a group of people uh, in a way that would also help that, like a larger group of people at scale. Um, and so it's just kind of, it almost, re I reframe that concept as just a different way to look at the world kind of, because I think if you take that definition of what it means to start a business, you start looking at everything in terms of like from that place, essentially, um, and everything that you're involved with, you're like, oh, well, what would make this experience better for me? Or what would make this product better in my opinion? Or, wow, this is taking a really long time. What is something that would simplify this process? And I think any of those ideas can turn into something that eventually turns into a business if you actually go into it and dive into it. So just it, it, it that is one thing that I've definitely um, kind of changed my opinion on over the past couple of years. And I think in a in a positive way, too, yeah. because I think it, it opens up a lot of opportunities when you have that definition. Yeah, I just want to plug to the conversation from zero to one with Zach Kosher, who started his own social media marketing agency and had a very similar experience to you where he was like thinking about, Oh, I want to be an entrepreneur and you have to come up with some crazy idea. Then he took a step back. He's like, wait, I already work at a, so at a marketing agency. I'm just going to take what I've learned here and start my own thing and remove all the stuff that's waste and that doesn't work well and apply it to the world of digital technology and social media. And he's been super successful with that. I also just want to say, and I'll let you go back into your next one that, um, I reframed my own career in a similar way where I never thought of film or creativity or writing or anything like that as a viable path until um, a professor of mine just basically said, look, this is something you're passionate about. This is viable. I'll help you. I'll mentor you. And we can create a career for you that's actually something you're passionate about. So I think a lot of the times we're told these stories where we don't think it's viable to start our own business because we have to have some crazy idea or we don't think it's viable to be in film or writing because we just haven't seen someone else in our life do that. Like the people around me were business people, doctors, lawyers, like n not many artists and creators and writers. So um, to, to have someone in my life come in and tell me that it's viable like that helped me reframe and then launch the current trajectory that I'm on now where I feel like I'm in control at least who knows where I'm going to end up. But at least I'm making the decisions that are going to lead to the future me. So. Definitely. It opens up your world for sure. And 
control is always a relative term too, right? <laughs> but um, number two, and this kind of goes into what you were just talking about because you said, you know, sometimes all it takes is having that one person or one situation where it opens your mind to something else. Um, and so I think another thing that's been reframed in my mind is the concept of personal growth. And I think uh, when I've thought about it before, it was always under the context of, personal growth comes from me working on myself. So I need to, you know, work out harder or read more books or write more often, or the list goes on and on and on. Whereas I think now the way that I think about it is sometimes I think the best way for your own personal growth to happen is by helping others and being a resource for others and um, just showing up in the world in that way. And I think that it ultimately, I mean, it's it's the law of karma. It ultimately comes back to help you in some way that maybe you can't foresee at the time, but I think if you're feeling in a rut and you're really looking at your life in a, in a sense of, Oh, I want to, I want to better myself. I want to get out of this place. I think a good starting point is, is by looking around you and seeing how you can be an asset and a help to others. And I think that'll ultimately end up being really good for you personally as well. That's, so that's number two. Uh, do you want, do you want to take one and then you can bounce it back over to me? Yeah, that one's super well said as well. And I've had a similar perspective on it where, especially early in your career, you can fall into this trap of like, I'm going to do me. It's all about me, me, me. How can I just like shut everyone out and just work on myself? And then you realize, wait, my happiness, fulfillment, success is dependent on my relationships. Those relationships take time and energy and attention in order to maintain them. And I can for sure put my hand up and say that I've come up short in so many friendships and relationships in my family and things like that. But leaning more into those, it doesn't take energy away from the stuff that you really want to do. It's actually going to maybe give you that creative idea where you're having just like a conversation over dinner with my parents, for example, and I get a creative idea about something and all of a sudden I'm like thinking in a new way that if I hadn't have opened that space up, if I had just stayed grinding and like, you know, I don't know, just an example of how. Uh, Sometimes it makes you realize what your skills even are because then you go out and you, you know, involve yourself in the world and activities and then you are able to bring something that's unique to who you are as a person to the world in a way that helps other people. And so that's a really cool thing. And that that's where purpose comes from. And so I think that's a that's a cool way to think about it also. Okay, something I've reframed sort of led this entire impetus for this this uh topic is public speaking. When I was in college, I would and I have red hair and pretty light skin. And I don't know if you have any friends that are redheads in school, but when we get embarrassed in front of a group of people, we turn brick red and start sweating my armpits. Like I'm, it's, it's a full visual and emotional experience. Um, when I used to speak in front of classes and I had this management consulting class, my junior year in business school. And they just basically you would give a presentation on whatever topic you wanted something you're passionate about, something you're truly interested in, which matters because if you're truly interested in it, you want to talk about it. It's not like you're just going to be reading a script or just kind of like punching in the numbers and just getting out of there. Like I actually wanted to deliver good speeches. I did one on the freelance workforce. This was in 2011, 2012, just WeWorks and stuff like that were opening up. There was actually, WeWork wasn't even around. It was like next space or something shared work environments were starting to become a thing. The freelance workforce was growing and I did a presentation on that. And all this aside, the whole point of what I'm trying to say is at the end of the presentation, there'd be three or maybe six kids in the class that would grade you on 
like some rubric, one person would have to grade your, um, your content, like how you actually like the content that you're talking about. Some people are more about the delivery. So you'd have someone in the class literally say, okay, you looked at the ground for half the conversation, you know, you paced back and forth, your shoulders were super tight. You looked really awkward or you didn't move, you know, you just stayed in one place. And when you actually just take away the emotions from all that, and you just have somebody tell you, this is what you did. You can improve in this way. There's no judgment involved. I was basically fortunate to completely reframe my view of what public speaking was because of this environment that my teacher created, that my professor created for us to just learn and grow from each other. So that's, that's um, I actually been have a... really valuable in so many directions. Totally. I just had a quick comment because I think uh, just what you're saying made me think of it, but just reframing the mm-hmm. concept of feedback. I like, and I think so, uh, people are just afraid of feedback until, like you said, there's that environment where it's where it's okay and it's it's positive. It's feedback for a reason, right? Like, how are you going to know if what you're working on is is quality by any standards if the only standard that it's been tested by is is your own? You need feedback, and it's it can be difficult to hear and it can be difficult to step into that space. And it's it's awesome when people can create the right environment for it. But I think trying to see feedback as a good thing, no matter how harsh it can feel, will, will benefit your life immensely. Well said. And when it's a project you're passionate about that you've poured all your energy into, it can oh, it be hurts. Really hard to it hear. It like, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You spend months <laughs> or years on something and then someone will just be like, wait, so what's the story? Yeah. Like, what are you trying <laughs> to hear? I think you missed the mark a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a quick take on that. I was listening to this podcast with Antonio Neves and I'm, I think it's a really great one on this topic. Um, he was in grad school and he had this professor who was like, like Antonio, why are you always late turning in your thesis drafts? Like, what is it that is holding you back from turning in? You're paying for the thesis, you know, like you're, you're in PhD, you're trying to get a PhD or whatever it was grad school. And he said, look, I know when I turn in this paper, it's going to come back with all this red ink on it and I'm going to have all this work to do. And the professor laughed basically was like a Pulitzer Prize winner, like author, just like one of the best. Um, and he said, don't you know you pay for the red ink? And, and that like completely shifted his mindset where he's like, wait, I'm just completely missing on this potential growth that yes, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's necessary in order to grow. So I'm going to recommend listening to that pod. What else do you have? That's a good one. Um, I think my final bullet point, and I'm just going to kind of wrap two into one, and just call it health, but it's mostly about fitness and food. And we've kind of touched on the the fitness one and in the episode where we talked about fitness as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of similar in the, in the health category with food. Just, I used to not, the way I used to think about it, especially with food is that I wouldn't really even think about it. I wouldn't think about what was going into my body. I would eat whatever uh, and not really even pay attention to how it was making my body feel or the energy levels that it was creating or not creating um, how it was, how it was showing up physically in my body. Um, and then also the fitness thing or sorry. And then to finish just that point is just now being at a place where I literally see food as fuel and as medicine. And I, I can tell the direct impact that it's having on me physically, mentally, emotionally. And I just think that my relationship with food has changed immensely over the past three years. And I think reframing it and, and having this deeper understanding of it and uh, relationship with it really helps me be more in tune with myself, with my surroundings, just with my life in general. 
And then same thing for, for the fitness concept is just not seeing fitness as an event or just the concept of going to the gym. Um, and another thing we've talked about in past episodes is, is like with mindset about how your unconscious mind is always on. So be, be careful about what you're intaking when you're not, when you're not like purposely intaking something. And I think with fitness, it's the same way. Like fitness doesn't stop when you leave the gym. I mean, the way that we stand, the way that we sit, the way that we walk around, the way, the, where we're balanced, like where we're putting, uh, shifting our weight on our feet and how we balance and how we move in every capacity is important. And, and I think bringing awareness to your body will just leave you endless, endlessly fascinated with, with, you'll never be bored essentially is what I'm getting at is if you bring some awareness to your body and, and your own movement and your mobility and the capability that your body has, it's, it's endlessly fascinating. And I think you'll also start to realize that you don't, it's a weird concept when you realize that you don't even have full control right now over the mobility and the range of motion of your own body. Like for example, I think a good one right off the top is to just look down at your feet and be like, can I, can I separate my pinky toe from the rest of my toes right now? Or can I even just separate my toes in general? Or can I, you know, can I sit cross-legged or can I, can I get up off the floor without, without pain? Or can I, you know, all of those things. It's, it's endless. But I also think when you bring awareness to it, you start to pay attention to it consistently throughout your day, throughout your life. And it's always on your mind. And it's, it's not something where you just go to the gym, come back, shut it off, and it's, and it's done. It's something that, that ultimately flows up in, into your health. Um, and it just makes you pay more attention to your, your physical vessel and your, you know, just everything that you're doing on a day-to-day basis, which I think is positive just in terms of time management as well, too, because I think we should all take some inventory of what we're doing on a day-to-day basis and how that ultimately relates to where we want to get in the world. And I think yes, it sir. starts with bringing a little bit of a, a little bit of awareness to the body is a good, good place to start with that. I really like where you ended that, um, the connection between being aware of the body and how that starts to lead into other aspects and avenues. Um, and then the funny thing is I just bought, um, on Amazon, like two days ago, I just ordered it. it should be in the mail tomorrow. These little rubber things that you can put in between your toes, like when you're sleeping mm. or when you're relaxed. I've seen Maybe, those. Yeah. So my, my, like, I don't know if all the years of basketball, just like pounding, wearing shoes, like my toes, my pinky toe kind of goes under a little bit, like on yep. the outside. And, uh, like my grandma has the same thing. She wears like toeless toe socks. That's great. Uh, so it's somewhat like genetic, but I don't want my toes. But it's to be shoes. Like that. I think it's literally just it's shoes. shoes. It's yeah. scrunching our like feet. deforming our feet. It know? is. It genuinely yeah. is. I've actually been doing more barefoot running recently for that exact reason, and just working out barefoot and just trying to stretch my toes and and give some love to my feet because I think they get so neglected. If you want to hear somebody I, go really yeah. into detail about about uh, the importance of being barefoot and kind of like rewilding your feet and having it be an experiential process every time you're just walking on some type of surface. Uh, listen to or just research Tony Riddle. He is a great resource for all that type of stuff. He's all about um, just human movement and alignment and and you know all of that good stuff. And he's a big proponent of the of the running barefoot. So I took it up recently and I've been I've been loving it. And I can even see that my feet are physically changing Wow! from that. Like the arches are, the arch is better. The toes are more separated and my feet are definitely becoming tougher from it too, which I think is a, which I think is a good thing. 
all the sports that I do, mountain biking, skiing, bouldering, mountain biking, maybe not so much, but I'm just pounding on my feet, like strapping my feet into the bouldering shoes or tightening down those boots and just cranking on your ankle and your foot. If I don't actually come home and like stretch it out, I sometimes will stand on a lacrosse ball. Yep. Um, it starts to like really take a toll and basketball back in the day, like just used to beat the crap out of our feet. I'd have big calluses and whatnot. So I got two more, two cool. more quick ones. And I know you've got a take on one of them. So, um, on that same podcast I mentioned earlier, it just came up off the top of my head, but also I had a different reference from it because Antonio Nevis is a business coach and he talks about how he has a business coach. <laughs> How, he's like, how can I be a business coach if I don't have a business coach? It doesn't really make sense. Um, and so his business coach told him this thing that like really resonated with me about reframing what our job is. So instead of thinking about our job as, let's say we're, we want to pivot and we don't necessarily like our job, like we want to do something we're more passionate about. I think, well, I mean, almost everybody wants to do that. But instead, if you reframe your job as your dream job can either be something that you just love to do every single day or the thing that allows you to do what you love to do in your free time, whether that's the evenings or the weekends or whatnot. And so when you reframe that nine to five in that way, it actually relieves some of that anxiety and tension that you might feel about, oh, I'm wasting my time. I should be working on something else. It's like, first of all, you're spending energy worrying about not liking your job. So reframing it can take away some of that wasted energy, but also just empower you to work on your passion project outside of work when you get home, you know, just keep moving the ball in the direction that you want to go. So when you do want to make that career pivot, go to a new position, whatever it is, you're ready to do that. Um, so that was a cool one as well. And then the last one, romantic relationships is the only bullet point I have on it, but I just basically wanted to talk for a quick minute about, especially us men, think reflecting on how we show up in our romantic relationships can be difficult getting constructive feedback. I'm, um, my girlfriend is very direct with me about some of the things that I fall short on. And, um, I just think there's times when, at least in my experience, um, maybe your partner is telling you something that you don't want to hear. You know, for me, it's like, Hey, you've been selfish. You're not thinking about me in these ways. You did this. And my natural instinct is like, no, like I did it for my intention was different or like, I, you know, of course I don't want you to feel that way, but she felt that way. And so instead of me trying to like push back and fight, which is what I did since day one, it's like ingrained in me. Like someone's telling you something you don't agree with. You got to get your word in there. Just listen and realize that they might be like, being somewhat critical of your actions, but it's more because like they're in some sort of emotional pain. And if you just listen, <laughs> just a little advice for any guys out there in relationships, like just hold off on that, on that uh, rebuttal, if you will, don't uh, try and get your word in, just listen. Maybe tomorrow you can get your word in. I think when you bring things up later on, it shows that you listened and that you care. And so reframing, just think reframing romantic relationships as what they are, which is an opportunity for both people to allow each other to grow as individuals, but also as a unit can be super powerful for yourself and for the relationship. So I think I've grown a lot in this last year in my relationship. It hasn't been easy, uh, but I just want to encourage folks to continue like 
reframing how they show up for their romantic partners. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you brought up, especially about not becoming defensive. And just sometimes you just have to sit there and shut up and show them that you're listening and that you're taking it to heart and you're not even trying to defend yourself because the action already, if they're bringing it up, then the action already happened and they've already been hurt and they've already decided how they feel about it. And whether that's real to you or not, it doesn't matter because it's real to them and it made them feel a certain way. And so part of being a good partner sometimes is just showing that you've, you've heard them. And then, like you said, I think, you know, sometimes your defense should be in your follow-up actions like that, that should show that you listen to them. You heard what they're saying and you're, you're taking what they said and, and implementing it in ways that would make her happy or make you happy or, or whatever the situation may be. And then um, the other point that you mentioned also about, you know, allowing space for the other people to grow and progress in their own life. I think that's massively important too, just about in relationships as well. And that's something that's been reframed in my mind too, is, you know, it's not always about, you just have to work on yourself. Like in a relationship, you're working on the relationship uh, by working on yourself, I think. And because you need to show up for the other person, but you know, that, that person became, you know, attracted to you in the first place because you were your own unique individual. And so in order to keep that attraction there for years, for a lifetime, you need to continue evolving into that person that they were originally attracted to and originally, you know, cause they noticed certain things about you. They're like, Oh, I like how curious he is. Or I like that he cares about his fitness or his health, or he's very smart or he reads a lot of books or like, he's good at whatever. Um, that needs to continue, you know, like you can't just become your relationship, if that makes sense. Like you need to have your own unique independent identity, but you have, you have your partner and that's all like, that's a force that you guys will have. And, and the love that you share between each other will be real, but that love will, will grow and become stronger if you're continuing to pursue the things that make you individually excited, passionate, driven, whatever you want to call it it'll ultimately help the help you and it will help the relationship. Very well said. And I, th- yeah, I just echo that. Like just being you is going to ultimately attract the right partner. If you try and like force yourself to be someone that you're not, uh, you might like find a romantic partner at some point, but it's not necessarily going to be compatible when you fall back into your normal quote unquote normal uh, self. Your, your normal you-ness. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, just reframing is super powerful. I think Dr. Aaron talks a little bit about it in last week's podcast. Um, reframing our relationship with our masculine and feminine sides can be super empowering for our mental health. Um, reframing, uh, just like how we sit, like you said, how we stand. Yeah. I think understanding that your mind can be changed about something is an important thing to take away from this episode Boom. too. That's a huge, I, huge you know, point. cause then it just makes you not be so tied to how you see the world. And it yeah. makes you realize that there's a lot of different, there's a lot of stuff that you don't know. There's a lot of stuff that you could learn tomorrow and that could completely change your opinion about something that you held today. So I think having that understanding at the core of your belief system is a, is an important thing. Yeah. Definitely. And, and there's things that I'm not going to go into right now, but I used to believe passionately and I would argue for that. Now I look back and I'm like, man, that was, how were you, man, I was way you didn't off. have any information? <laughs> I, for example, with religion, you know, I would just, I would be like, 
this is the truth and whatever you believe is not right because this is what I think. And now it's like, hold on, buddy, like <laughs> slow, slow down your horses. So, um, yeah, you can be, you're going to be a better person and more, uh, just, I think more open to others perspectives. If you realize that you can be wrong and that's okay. So it's, it's totally fine. It's nothing. It's good. Yeah. It means you're learning. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's keep reframing stuff. I wonder what we're going to be reframing in the next six months or a year, but I'm open to it. Definitely. Cool. Well, till next time, Symphony Co., thesymphonyco.com. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, we're doing our first Clubhouse calls. We're going to start getting on Clubhouse and just sharing resources directly with the community and just having, just bringing people together, like-minded, passionate folks uh, like yourself listening. So thanks for being a part of this. And until next time, we're out of here.